You did it. You came back for episode two. I'm so <laughs> relieved. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Space Biff Book Space. That's the best intro I've ever heard, Brock. <laughs> uh, my name is Brock Polson. With me, as always, is a woman whose initials I would never get wrong, not even for a joke. <laughs> Somerset Winter's Throw. Say hi. Hi, I'm here. No relation. Uh, ever at her side, loyal and excitable and stepping on his own ears like a basset hound, Dan Thoreau. <laughs> My ears are big. <laughs> I can see them growing that long. Like a bat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey guys, this time uh, we will be discussing the three-body problem by Liu Cixin. Good job. That was a great uh, thank pronunciation you. And I, of that. You know, I... I watched a YouTube video, I did a little studying, wanted to get it right this time. Uh, so be warned, this episode is going to spoil the whole darn thing. Correct. Uh, from, from tip to tail, front to back, from goose to gander, <laughs> we're going to spoil it all. Now you know a lot of terms for this. Yeah, th- uh, but f- first, why don't we talk about some things that aren't spoilers? Okay, Brock, I've prepared some wrong spoilers. Oh, I love it. The first one. The three-body problem is the most optimistic outcome of the Fermi paradox. (laughs) (laughs) That will make more sense. (laughs) If our readers have read about the Fermi paradox. (laughs) We're going to talk about it. Next. Next. Spoiler. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) spoiler. Discussion spoiler. Somerset mentioned that. Um, Second wrong spoiler. You get to see the aliens. (laughs) (laughs) That might be. They're scary looking. (laughs) And lastly, what happens when one consciousness sharing three cloned bodies is tasked with caring for a baby? It's the three body problem. (laughs) (laughs) Three bodies and a problem. Yeah. Lovely. That's okay. all. All right. That was the Long hardest spoilers. thing I've ever had to prepare. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you you did it. You did it wonderfully. Uh, now, Dan, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, serious things up a little bit here, and tell us what this book is really about. Oh man, I got to get into the zone for this. <clears throat> Uh, just a disclaimer for our readers, I am not going to try to pronounce anything correctly. It's like Latin, you'll just do it in your own accent. That's correct. When I read Latin, I just do it in uh, Mountain West drawl. Okay, <laughs> you all ready? We are ready. The three-body problem by that guy that Brock said. Say it again. Liu Nice. The three-body problem by him. Ye Wenji is one of millions of Chinese to suffer under the Cultural Revolution. With the complicity of her sister and mother, her father is beaten to death before her eyes during a public shaming demonstration for failing to renounce physics. She is transferred to a deforestation project intended to produce farmland, though the ensuing soil erosion has been instead creating vast swaths of non-arable desert. She helps a reporter transcribe a book on environmentalism, but when his translation is discovered, he claims that she wrote it. She is transferred as a punishment to Radar Peak, a gigantic military radar dish installation that can magically kill flocks of birds as they fly past, 
and she is informed that she will spend the rest of her life working there. Forget about that, because in the modern day, we're introduced to <laughs> Wang Miao, whose character trait is that he doesn't possess any character traits. <laughs> As a member of the Chinese scientific community, he is informed that leading scientists have been committing suicide under mysterious circumstances. Top government officials ask him to go undercover within a secret club, the Frontiers of Science, to figure out why. Wang is not interested in taking part in any spooky ghost stories, so he declines. Unfortunately for Wang, the spooky ghost story catches up to him while developing photo film. In his pictures are numbers that seem to be counting down. He takes more pictures and more, but the numbers are still there, counting down. Nobody else's pictures are similarly possessed. Then the countdown appears in his vision right before his eyes and won't go away. Desperate, he speaks to some members of the Frontiers of Science, but they're all creepy, and they just tell him to quit his current science fair project, which is nanofilament wires for cutting ocean liners in half. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they That's were a, invented it's a possible. For. Surely it's this possible detail use. won't be crucial later on. When he goes to work and temporarily halts the project for a totally different reason he promises, the numbers disappear from his vision. Later, the entire universe punks Wang by flickering. <laughs> he starts to feel picked on. Like many millennials... Punked. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher runs out. Like many millennials, instead of facing his problems, Wang decides to play video games. <laughs> He chooses Three Body, which won the Hugo Award for Most Boring Game and consumes 200 pages of the book. <laughs> Three Body takes place on a planet with unstable ecological conditions that don't seem to adhere to any pattern, and seasons that switch between orderly and chaotic, and fifth seasons when everyone catches fire and dies. <laughs> Luckily, the inhabitants of the game can dehydrate into coin pouch form in order to survive. It's a trick that would have come in handy in the fifth season. Surprising nobody, Wang thinks this game is super cool. Every time he logs on, other players, or NPCs, it's never clear, have invented new theories or technologies to help explain the planet's wonky seasons. He meets Aristotle, a pope, Isaac Newton, and other bigwigs. They build a computer with yeah. everybody... What? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and, and the Asian philosophers, too. Yes. Did you mention, like, Copernicus and stuff? No, well, he's, he's Copernicus. Or, I mean, I mean... Uh, he logs in as right. Copernicus. N never mind, I forgot. Okay, so he meets some bigwigs. They build a computer with everybody standing in lines like living circuits and still can't figure out what's going on. Wang eventually proves that he's smarter than this game's version of Einstein by figuring out that this planet has three suns whose gravity fields compete for the orbit of the planet and sometimes a line, burning it up in the process. Because he's done so well at Three Body, which in retrospect is a bad title since it's the solution to the game's puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Who would have thunk? Uh, yeah. Wang is invited to Solved some it. secret club meetings. There he meets Pan Han, one of the creepy frontiers of science guys. He tries to blow Wang's mind by revealing that the video game was real. Ender, I mean Wang, doesn't <laughs> seem bothered by this. 
More disturbing, this group this group hopes to help the Tricelarans. They're called that because they have three sons. It's super original. They hope to help them conquer Earth. They've splintered into two factions, one that hopes to coexist with the Tricelarans and one that wants to see humanity exterminated. The police kick down the door and arrest everyone, including Ye Wenji, who is revealed as one of the founders of this group. She reveals more of her past from Radar Peak. It turns out that the secret military project is partially intended to detect alien life. Despite this, her life is so boring that she marries a former student of her father's. Over time, Wenji uses science to transmit to potential aliens and receives a warning that the Tricelarans are a warlike species. Still bitter about that cultural revolution phase, she insists that they, have co that they come and conquer Earth, since they can't possibly do a worse job than humans. Her husband finds out what she's done, so she drops him off a cliff. He becomes a ghost. I guess that's where Wang's ghost numbers came from, because I didn't <laughs> understand that part. <laughs> and if you think that's unbelievable, there's a hard-drinking cop investigating the scientist's suicides who is inexplicably invited to every military meeting, even though he sasses all the generals. <laughs> Next, we switch to the Tricelaran point of view somehow. They've assembled a fleet to <laughs> conquer Earth, but it will take 400 years before they arrive. In order to stall human scientific progress, the Tricelarans mess with the laws of reality to create the biggest ghosts of all, two quantum-entangled intelligent protons called Sophons that have been messing with the human scientist science fair projects and tricking them into committing suicide. As is often the case, the mystery is so mundane once you know the truth. Wang and his sassy cop friend are now tasked with stopping the other evil scientist, Mike Evans, who's impossible to catch because he owns a boat. Fortunately, <laughs> Wang's science fair project is all about cutting boats in half. <laughs> so they rig the Panama Canal with invisible decapitation wire to murder any ship passing through. After a dozen innocent ships are chopped into confetti, <laughs> Wait. they finally wreck Mike Evans' boat and capture all his stuff that he's been using to speak with the aliens. The Tricelarans send one last message that tells humanity... Your bugs. <laughs> Which, because we don't know that the aliens aren't bugs, we don't know if it's an insult or a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be like a, they hey, us too. Like bugs. Even though... Let's hang out. Yeah. Even though she's doomed humanity to extinction, which makes her the biggest killer in human history, Ye Wenji is allowed to visit Radar Peak one last time. She looks at the sun and says cryptically, my sunset and sunset for humanity, which she read on a greeting card somewhere. What a bummer. The end. Oh, boy. That was gripping. That was a good synopsis. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Nicely done. I don't know if I understood the book. You really synopsized it. I think it. there were parts that didn't... I didn't read that part. <laughs> I, uh, I, think, I think you may have imagined a dozen other ships getting <laughs> confettied. Oh, man. Well, how yeah, wouldn't that happen? It was just the one. They raised I, it up. They I wondered put the it same up thing. At the, they put it up at a certain time. Okay. And it was have you ever they seen Panama Canal? Those things are like going through like sausages in a factory. <laughs> you, well, that's not the only boat that got author, chopped up. Our author must never have visited the, the Panama Canal. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that later from one of our reader comments. Mm. Oh, excellent. Uh -huh. Ooh. Forward to that. Oh, God. So, like not, not everyone enjoyed this book. <laughs> Uh, as much as we maybe did, or maybe not. Um, so we're going to hear from the naysayers in a second <laughs> okay. that we like to call bad takes. Okay, so these are mostly pulled from 
from one star, you know, from negative reviews. I noticed this time around, Amazon is the place to go. Because <laughs> if you go to Goodreads, you know, those people, they kind of know what they're talking about. And they, you know, Goodreads they kind of have good, good reason maybe yeah. to, to dislike something. They don't just, uh, you know, they don't just throw around those one-star reviews. Yeah, they're all like, Si <laughs> Shin Liu didn't understand Foucauldian biopower. It is called yeah. good reads. Yeah, it's so. not dumb person reads. That's yeah. what Amazon right. used to be called. Yeah, that that was its much Before less the successful. Bezos got good at marketing. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so here's, here's a, a sentence I, wanna, <laughs> uh, I, I want to, to parse with you. Uh, I mean, the sentence is simple, started okay, but <laughs> soon became tedious, okay? Nice. Uh, okay is spelled okay and then E with an accent like in Pokemon. <laughs> no. Is this, yeah, is this a... Uh, Fuck, don't be racist. That's Spanish. No. Okay. No, but it's, but I oh, think Italian. It's Italian. Yeah, it's, okay. Uh, and I just, I wasn't sure if I was missing out on some cool teen lingo. So maybe it was uh, like, okay. Was there a you Y? Know, maybe this, no, there was no Y. Okay, E with an accent. Okay. Uh, and I wondered if this person just, that's how they learned it. They learned it in the Japanese style. Did you dox them? I, <laughs> I failed to dox them. You so you didn't no. hunt them down and find every opinion they've ever right, had. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well. I did that a little bit with some other people, and, and, uh, but to no avail. Uh, oh, well. I didn't. I didn't dig up anything interesting. Okay, uh, so here's uh, here's one: flatness and boringness and sexist stuff. How much of that is accurate? Do you think? Wait, Wait that was the next review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> that was the next flatness? one-star review. Boringness, flatness. flat, and flat. Yes. Not fatness. Not fatness. No, flat. Because I picture the cop being fat. Yeah. I picture them all just, uh, just real handsome Asian men. What? Dressed really nice, uniforms. Have you ever yeah. met a Chinese scientist? It was a delight for my brain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to meet a Chinese scientist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, what? What do you think? I I was struggling to recall sexist stuff, but maybe I missed it. Well, Ye Wenji talks about when she was at the you know, at the satellite camp, the her superiors were going to claim her scientific research. Yeah, she... she uh, oh, that's true. But I mean, yeah. that's just kind of like, that's the culture of the time, so it's not, that's not really... Yes, it's sexist, but it's not like, that's not what the book was trying to say you was would, good. You would think that people who think that we're not sexist would be, like, super jazzed about China being sexist. <laughs> like, you'd be like, yeah, they're sexist, we're not sexist. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> that doesn't happen in America. <laughs> only in China. Right. Yeah, our, our competitors. Yeah, only in China did the scientists take over women's research and claim it as their own. Yeah, that was jerks. The United then States. You're like, then you're like Ada Lovelace. <laughs> Slash hundreds of other Marie women Curie scientists. Slash all the women scientists that we cannot bring to memory. 
because yeah. their legacies have been yeah. erased. Yes. Easy ones. I uh, I'm I'm part of that Facebook group Mighty Girls, and I get like a post like every day or several posts a day on all these mighty women that were like scientists, and like you should remember this one. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that person existed, and it's awesome. But I still don't remember their names. It's terrible. Yeah, you got to start writing those down. I should keep a list <laughs> so I can bring them up. Uh, okay, uh, some more bad takes. This is an interesting couplet. Uh, so the first person said, could not understand a word. A physics major may enjoy this book. What? Uh, and then the, the corresponding review, worst book I have ever read. I have a BS in applied physics and have been reading science fiction for over 40 years. So maybe a physics major wouldn't enjoy this book. <laughs> what? Uh, I thought that was a funny pairing. I don't know any physics. Were they right after each other? Right, right next to each other? They were pretty, they were pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask uh, a question? Oh, yeah. Did you guys know what the three-body problem was before you read the book? Did you know it's a physics conundrum? <laughs> I, I no. had read about it Mm-mm. based on the title of oh, okay. the book. I had looked it up. Okay. Uh, no, but... It wasn't I, that dense. No, was I, I, there a single I equation? Think, uh, no, I didn't have to solve anything. or. No, I mean, it was just talking about stuff that was supposed to be, like, pretty tricky, deep scientific stuff. So, yeah, you're not going to understand it. And plus, how much of it was actually fictional. <laughs> right. Well, Quantum like, entanglement is real, and that's really cool stuff. Right, yeah. Well, it is, but it doesn't... They don't know if it works, but... Um, they don't know if any meaningful information is transmitted. Right. But, well, like, the whole Sofon stuff, I was like, all right, well, we're just reading, like, fantasy now. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, maybe it's all real. And they're, we're going to have our sky taken over by blinking eyes. I mean, maybe it already has been. Whoa. And the earth is yeah. flat. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted that to be in there. Yeah, Sofons <laughs> make it appear uh, curved. Indeed. Okay, <laughs> more bad uh, takes on here. Okay, uh, last one I have. Quote, this is absolute rubbish. <laughs> it's a childish translation from Chinese to English. If you work hard at it, there's just about a good plot, but the translation is so poor, it's not worth the effort. Uh, so that one, well, I thought, it's, I mean, it's pretty harsh. How much do you think actually it was lost in the translation? I don't like the translation. I don't either. I think the prose is pretty bad. <clears throat> well, I've started reading the second book. Your bugs. And it is a lot <laughs> cleaner. <laughs> oh, good. I read That's that. A... Uh, I read that the third book is translated by this first translator again. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it. Tra- okay, have you guys worked in translation? It's no. hard. Thank you. Only you have. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's super hard. So I'm not gonna be like, this is the worst translation ever. I've read plenty of bad translations. It's not like, I, I mean... And I think it's hard to say call something a bad translation when it's the first and only translation, you know? I mean... Sure. Well, yeah, and we don't... I mean, maybe it's bad writing. Maybe it's maybe the translation elevates it, for all I know. Sure, yeah. I mean, maybe it's... I mean, it, it is beloved in China, so... Uh, you know, yeah, but knows? they're sexist. So <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! You can write to us your comments and criticisms <laughs> at the space. 
spacebizbookspace at gmail.com. Yeah, send us those emails. Let us know how we did discussing the Chinese language. Dox us, China. And translations. Uh, No, but I I think that uh, definitely something was lost uh, in the translation. I, I think, you know, even just the the way that you address other people when speaking Chinese tells a lot about the relationship between those people. Uh, and so maybe a lot of that uh, gets lost when you just translate it to English. That was That, that is actually one of my discussion points. Oh, good. Is that a good segue? Excellent. Should we start discussing? Yeah, you know, why don't we... Uh, yeah, we know I had a comment, but I'll just wait thought. to hear your discussion point. <clears throat> On this okay. same subject? Well, yeah, just like oh, about okay. the, the context, you know. So, um, do you think that reading this book as a native English speaker made it seem more alien? Because here we are talking about Chinese culture, talking about the Trisolarian culture... And both of them are being, you know, the Trisolarian culture is being translated into the Chinese culture. Right. And then it's all being translated back into English. So, I mean, I mean, that whole, that, the, uh, when the Trisolarians, like their last message to humanity is, you're bugs. I mean, I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, that's right. funny. She that's did. A, that's <laughs> I did. Uh, she did laugh out loud. The, the opposite end of that, or I guess a, a counter example, when, when the response comes back, uh, saying "Do not answer," mm-hmm. um, that on that gave me a little bit of. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say chills, but I thought it was effective. Maybe mm-hmm. a jolt. Sure. I got I got a little jolt. Right? I was like, oh. Jolt. Maybe a surge. Yikes! Any other '90s colas? <laughs> monster. I don't know. Maybe a monster. Those are the only ones I know. Mountain Dew. Mountain, yeah, sure. Baja Blast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink colas. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I felt I felt like just the the overwhelming context of the cultural revolution informing everyone's decisions. Um, you know, like I I think I feel like an audience of Chinese speakers would have a lot better insights than I ever gained into what Ye Wenji was thinking. Um, like, by the end, was she feeling regret or remorse, or was she just like, eh, it's a thing I did? Like, I, I almost feel like that, which was never communicated overtly, would have been more understood culturally. Because I, I wasn't sure what was going on in her head a lot of the time. And especially by the end. Right, yeah. Well, she was very good at distancing herself from from those things. I mean, from the trauma, the initial trauma, and then her decision to kill the the general and her husband. And I mean, she dist- distanced herself pretty easily from those things. Yeah, I guess it's just by the like I understand her reasoning in a lot of those decisions. She's she's definitely a survivor. Mm-hmm. But then by the end, I mean, I, I just was, I, I wasn't firing on all cylinders with her. Um, but I mean, that can be said for a lot of the characters with me, honestly. I mean, which to be fair, this is not a character study. This is the... This is technology right, this and is, this an is, event. Right, and it's about kind of this 
uh, xenosociology about the Fermi paradox and about first contact and how fraught first meetings can be. So, I mean, it's not necessarily about the characters. Um, so. Yeah, and there's not there's not really much effort to to spice up those characters, to make it about the characters at all. The only one who was really distinct, I felt, um, I mean, that's not fair. Uh, Wenji, I think, is pretty distinct. Yes. Um, but, but the cop. <laughs> Just because he's the only one who doesn't show immediate deference to everyone above him in their in their right. st- cultural structure that he's just like he's a maverick he's telling yeah i mean this guy is like straight out of kojak bing bang you know but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay. well so we've been throwing around this term the fermi paradox um this book is a is a is a possible answer to the fermi paradox but let's talk about what that is so that maybe all of our listeners and make sure we all understand what that is. Brock, can you explain what the Fermi paradox is? Yeah, I can I can talk a little about that. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to jump in and uh, make make corrections or additions. So And when you're done Fermi... and when you're done let's play a game. Oh don't and... tell us the game rules yet. Oh okay. I wanna know the, <laughs> I wanna know what he says the Fermi paradox is, then hear the rules of the game. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. Oh, I wanna play a oh, game. Okay. okay. High pressure. Okay. So the Fermi paradox uh, I as I understand it, is sort of the possible explanations for why we have not been contacted by extraterrestrial life. And there are several, uh, several explanations to that, you know, among them being simply that it doesn't exist, uh, or simply that, you know, the, the Earth is unique. That's one of the explanations. <coughs> Another would be that uh, we we are sort of isolated and no one wants to talk to us. And maybe that's another possible explanation. Um, so I think that's a probably a grand simplification of the Fermi paradox. But cool. Yeah. So there. I mean, it's basically saying that there are billions upon billions of stars out there, and that's just in the Milky Way galaxy. And then, I mean, beyond that, I mean, this is just one little galaxy in this universe, and there's all of these stars, and Earth and the stars that we can see are just this teeny tiny little speck in the Milky Way galaxy. All the stars we can see is just this tiny little space. And so, they, like, scientists have come up with these theories about, you know, how many potential stars are out there that are like ours that could potentially have an earth planet like ours and our earth is relatively new and young uh, you know our part of the galaxy is is comparatively young to the yeah, rest of the, the to the rest arm. that um, there should be life intelligent life somewhere else in the galaxy so why haven't we heard anything so that's what sure. the you know, so you know it's like why haven't we right and a big part of it is is contact? exactly what you're saying is that youngness is that if so the the explosion of technology for us has been so rapid in recent years that we've basically <laughs> gone from um, from tribal to being able to go to space so rapidly on kind of that galactic timeline. So if other conscious species were like us, 
they could probably colonize the galaxy relatively rapidly. And when they say rapidly, they're like, ah, oh, you know, within a million years, you know, or thirty, like you know, within a few million years, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and geologically, those, that's quite rapid. So, right. so why don't we see have, it? You know, those planets have had millions of years of a head start. Right. Yeah. So, so why don't we see anything? Right. <clears throat> so here's the game. What? <gasps> oh, oh boy. What is your favorite answer to the Fermi paradox? Oh my goodness! This is the best game. Ooh, what a good game. Yeah. Okay. Dan, what's yours? Uh, oh, I have to go first? Oh, okay. Brock, what's I yours? I'll go first. Oh, uh, thank goodness. <laughs> I think... Uh, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good ones in there. I think that the... Uh, the sort of super predator one is really interesting. Mm. That... <laughs> that you know resources are scarce and i mean essentially the super predator explanation is is the th- in the three body problem is that if you poke your head up you you get conquered and so you're gonna get these, bit these large <laughs> these <Bit>. large civilizations <laughs> yeah, that's right he's chinese <laughs> what you were quoting um community with, uh, oh my gosh! With <laughs> what's his you name? accidentally quote Ken Jeong. <laughs> yeah, uh, you gonna get bit with, with Chang. Yeah. <laughs> oh good. So you've got oh, subconscious Chinese racism going on. Nice. <laughs> Sorry. Please very continue, good. Brock. Let's predator. cut off Brock every predator. time he has a great point. Oh no! Can, please continue. Okay, so, so predator theory is your favorite. That's a scary yeah, one. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list and maybe there's not one that exactly lines up with that. Uh, maybe. Uh, well, no, that's a no. That is one. That's lack an explanation. Of, lack of resources. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I think that one is, I guess from a. Well, lack of resources is part of that theory. It's right. It's that all. That, I guess that's a different. Theory. Right. That all conscious life will expand, in in almost a gaseous state. It will <laughs> expand to fill any available container. And therefore, we'll use we'll always need more resources because because they're finite. So your yep. best bet in a first contact situation is to kill your enemy. Yep, take their stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think that one. Uh, I mean, obviously very scary, uh, but Which it's four hundred years from now. Predator movies are so good. <laughs> yeah, <I don't>, exactly. <laughs> you, you told me the other day you've never I've seen. I've never them. even seen any. It's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. The first oh. one's pretty fun. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. That's yeah, alright. Okay. It's okay. Uh, who wants to go next? That's an alien. <clears throat> oh, what's your... I know. I know. It's oh, am I next? Yeah, go at your next. <sighs> okay. I love this discussion. My favorite... Okay. Favorite or most believed? By you. It's you. It's your opinion. What do you... Well, I know, but there's the one that I think is what? the case, and then there's my favorite. Your favorite? Okay, so I don't have to say the one. I don't. I don't have to be serious. No. Okay. Why would anybody want that? <laughs> I have two very different <laughs> yeah. answers. Yeah, our last episode was much too somber. Let's get. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's can get I give both? Kind of a somber book. Okay. Go okay, I'll right give you ahead. my serious right. one first. You can share too. Seriously, I think that the I think space is too big. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. And and I know yeah. that people have say scientists say all sorts of cute stuff. 
where they're like, well, with current levels of technology and self-replicating von Neumann machines, we could totally colonize the entire galaxy within yada yada. And I'm just like, that, okay. That is really cute when you say it like that. Prove it, buddy. <laughs> you can barely make, like, drones not fall down in my yard. So, when I pilot them. So, I don't know about that. So, that's that's seriously. I don't I don't think... I mean, so, I mean, there's just so many issues with transmitting even a self-replicating machine from here to the nearest star that we haven't surmounted. Um, oh, yeah, it's absurd. You know, like, having to get through, you know, you get hit by, like, a piece of dust and you're, you're, you're done. Which, I love that in the three-body problem, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, well, we're going to lose half our fleet to yeah, dust. The Trisolarans on their way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they kind of acknowledge <clears throat> that. The, the Trisolarans can only do one invasion. Mm-hmm. They only have enough resources so they can't invade anything until they well, know they just, something's there. And they sent their fleet even before they knew where Earth was. I mean, I, that's that's a thing, right? I, I don't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They sent it before they knew exactly how sure. far away it was. Okay. Well, yeah, so it, it gives them the sense that <clears throat> space is vast. You've got one shot at this, mm-hmm. or you're, you've kind of or run out of all or your... you're lost. Yeah, you lost. Lost in space. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that was actually the... My favorite theory, or like m- the most plausible theory to me. So, so you shared mine. Thank you. Okay, now your oh. fun one. Um, I I think there's some sort of great filter, and I and I hope that it's gamma bursts, <laughs> that the center of the galaxy just erupts, with like black holes collapsing and stuff, and so all life in the in the galaxy is periodically just like fried, and we just fall over. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. And it's like Thanos snapping. <laughs> Oh, but more in that thorough. last Marvel movie. Yeah, that's a spo- spoiler alert. Oops. If you haven't seen it, that's on you. It's the hotness. I guess it's not the last Marvel movie because the last one was Ant Man. Okay, the this is a book podcast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I started it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Well, my next, my next. Uh, discussion question that I wrote down. I feel like we're going through these really fast, you guys. Well, you can look maybe, at the time. Maybe you guys can... We'll look, try to drag it out a little up, bit. Oh, we've been going for 40 minutes. Do you want to talk about oh, Marvel okay. movies? Well, yeah, but... Alright. I think 20 minutes of that we was... We want to talk about what, Brock? Chatting at the... I said, do you want to talk about Marvel movies? No. What? <laughs> I thought Ant-Man and You're the Wasp was it. merely okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my... Here, Here's my next question. Did anybody suspect Ye Wenji was capable of, of doing that? Like y- that yes. she was the one who did it? Yes. How about you, Brock? Did you see that coming? Yeah, I think I did. Dang it. I think that she... I didn't. She had me fooled. <laughs> she had that in her, in her past. She was, she was uh, capable of such things. I think so. I think I saw it. So here's my reasoning for why I think I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the themes of this book, and maybe I haven't finished the whole trilogy. I don't know if I will, to be honest. But um, I think one of the themes of this book is just mutual distrust mm-hmm. and the way that we turn people um, into less than they should be. Mm-hmm. And Sad. the reason that, that we have to be so mistrustful in sort of this sociological game theory thing that we do with first contact, the reason it's the best idea to just kill first 
is because the expectation is that we're all going to be greedy and we're all going to take and therefore your opponent is likely to want to kill you so it's better to kill than cooperate the whole thing is like a like you know it's a prisoner's dilemma yeah, it's a prisoner's dilemma on a galactic survival based scale and because of that expectation everyone knows it and so they must behave <clears throat> in the selfish manner i think similarly um, you see that kind of play out with Ye Wenji's life, that she's treated as a pariah, she's treated as a thing. Um, I mean, everyone in the Cultural Revolution is treated basically as an interchangeable part in a machine to generate this perfect society that they want. And because she's treated that way, the only logical outcome for her is the, the selfish one. Um, I... I thought it was deliberate, and um, I was not surprised by her decision. I was sad. What does she... She's acting selfishly, but what does she get out of it? Do you not think that revenge is a enormous benefit that she's gaining? I think she's, I think she's I think been... It's a pretty yeah. sad revenge, because okay. she... She becomes exactly what made her into, you know, made her into what she is. Yeah, so she so became she gets, a culture she gets revolutionary. She put through this machine that devalues lives, and now she has similarly devalued lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's... And like, in the exact same way, like, right, stopping no, but, science. Right, and making decisions for other people. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really natural, in that systems tend to perpetuate themselves, um, like, a, like cycles of abuse, that... Because, yeah, because you're abused, you you feel compelled to abuse because that's how you have have seen power operating. Um, and I think the whole story is kind of a, a, a tale of abuse perpetuating itself, both between species and with individuals. Uh, I, I think the whole thing is incredibly tragic. Um I mean, yeah. so that's my take. I, I thought that the decision of the Trisolarans to destroy Earth and the decision of Ye Wenji to let that happen were both very similar. I thought they were paralleled. Prove me wrong. I love being proven wrong. I'm smiling no, I as wrong. I say that. <laughs> I think you're on to something. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Brock? Do you have any other thoughts? I feel like just Dan and I have been talking to each other. It's okay. You guys are smart. Uh, hmm? No, I think Ooh. I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's a good a good take, uh, and a, especially <coughs> sort of that cycle, uh, that perpetuating uh, attitudes about the value of human life. You know that she she saw it uh, reduced in value and, and treated as uh, as only you know human human beings treated as as tools or resources resources. And she adopted that outlook. I mean, there's also, like, since, since your question is about if we suspected her, there's also kind of the law of economy of characters going on, where it spends so much time introducing her, and then it jumps forward to Wang's point of view, and it's a different problem that I was like, well, it's got to return to... I hope he wasn't just wasting our time with all this cultural revolution <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it was just depressing. I mean, like, if you read a story that, like, was like, here's the Holocaust, and then it jumps into, like, a crime noir, you'd be like, well, I hope it comes back to that. <laughs> right. It made me feel sad. <laughs> 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 K, 
Okay, so my next question is for up for discussion is um, when they meet for the first time or the first time that the that Wang goes to a meeting of the three body problem computer gamers. Uh, they have this conversation about the Trisolarans and whether, you know, whether they feel sympathetic toward them and like, how would you feel if they came to Earth? I mean, how plausible do you think it is that that, that many people would actually, you know, have this religious fervor for the Trisolarans? Wow, that's a hard question. I mean, I feel like you can persuade some people of anything. <laughs> Uh, sure. But they're like they're like powerful people. They were intelligent, powerful. Maybe that contributes to it, though. People. Um, maybe that <clears throat> contributes to it because I feel like every smart person I know sure feels like they should be in charge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but they weren't saying that they wanted to be in charge. They were saying they were inviting them to come <clears throat> and kill them. Well, it depends on the group. There's that's two true. Groups. I guess that's true. There were a couple of groups, but I mean, what about the group that was like, "Yeah, come murder the entire planet of Earth"? Well, they were like radicalized environmentalists, basically. So I thought it was like half and half, though. Wasn't well, no, it? no, no. I agree, but I mean, they're all radicals. But they were so they were speciesists. So they value all life as equivalent, and because humanity is ex is eradicating lives, um, therefore. The greatest good is to embrace a species that won't eradicate as many lives. Um, but what? I don't. Yeah. But that—that's that, that's Mike species, Evans' perspective. But that species coming will eradicate all. No, life no, it's a, it's like the whole like you don't need to be nice to a fascist kind of thing because <laughs> because humanity is exterminating like all the species on Earth, and they're hoping that the tri. This is my take on it. I could be wrong. I don't know what's going on. Um, I think they're hoping that the Trisolarans will just kill humanity and then right, make and Earth better. Yeah, they'll value the rest of, of life on Earth more than, than humanity uh, does. Because Mike Evans is a radical environmentalist, isn't he? Right. I don't yeah, really he was, remember. He was, he was in that boring. forest to like save the birds. <laughs> he had a boat. And he had a boat because he was he really have rich. He a boat, yes. What do you think, Brock? How plausible is it? I mean... Do you know anybody that would be, like, convinced by this? Don't say their I, name. I, th <laughs> I think it's My almost... My good friend. Dave. Uh, <laughs> I think it's... It's almost like getting proof of God. So I think that there is a, there is a plausibility there. Mm. You know, it's getting mm. proof of a, a higher power. You know, literally a higher power. Um, how, my question is, how bad do you think it smelled in that room? <laughs> Why? All these VR gamers. Oh yeah, that's true. Packed together. So, probably like. So, uh, probably like. Uh, I've been to Gen Con. That Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can speak from experience. I once stood in line at Fantasy Flight oh Games gosh. for two hours next to a dude with severe tooth rot. Oh. Sick. Yep. Boy. Yeah. That was fun. Okay. We are bugs. Man. <laughs> no, seriously, really dude. Just shower and get some banaka. <laughs> or brush your teeth, you know. Well, one of those. Know. One of those. Maybe it was over brushing. <laughs> the time for brushing had passed. It sounds like. Um. 
Uh, well, my my last discussion is maybe just I don't, maybe it's, I, I guess I didn't come up with very good discussion questions. I feel like these are good. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Uh, the last one is um, how about what do we think about these sofons? Were they just totally op? Like it was the Deus Ex Machina of the aliens? They're like Deus Ex Trisolaria. Yeah, we're gonna create these magical. So for me, that's when the things. it really went into fantasy. Shoot them off into space. I thought they really... somehow surround the earth and yet they're tiny and can be all over and they're the ones who put the time stamps on all the photos. And in your they, eyes. Yeah, and in your eyes. And made the Redness. universe flicker and yeah, all that uh, all that fun stuff. I mean it I guess it is a really a tidy and convenient way of uh, sort of writing off the 400 years that would have passed because you know you think about how far we've come in the last hundred years and if we had 400 years to prepare you know, things would be would be very different we would kick their tri asses that's the exactly right. yeah. <laughs> very good <laughs> got it in two let's see if we can get that to sound smooth Third. They're trisolarses. Yeah, arson. Okay. Trying to say arson there. All right. Implying that you know we control you. There's nothing you can do. I mean, I I got to the end of the book and I was like, well, we're screwed. Why are there two more books? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they can. Yeah, if this, they can see this, uh, everything. They can hear everything. They can stop our scientific progression. I mean, we're they, we're dead. What's the point of reading this jump book around somewhere? the world at the speed of light? Yeah. You know, there's no. There's They're no multiplying. There's a whole. Exactly. Already of a ton of them. Yeah, speed of light is fast too, you guys. I don't know if you knew that. But <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty fast. I was looking into it and I was like, so it can't be that it, fast. So a particle can go at the speed of light around the Earth seven times in one second. Isn't that the speed of light? 186,000 miles per second. Yeah, isn't it that a it particle can go seven nice. times around the Earth in one second or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty fast. It's, Maybe I made that up. It's 186,000. That's, that's more than seven times, I think. Well, I don't know. It's pretty, I mean, it's, in terms of things that are fast, it's up there. It's pretty fast. <laughs> There's only a couple things that are faster, really. You know. The Flash. That, that we know of, right. <laughs> space. Here we are back on the Marvel. No, it's, it's mostly space, isn't it? That space is expanding faster than light. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's astrophysics nonsense, though. We don't know. Oh, that was my other theory. I don't think that... We're in a hologram. <laughs> so, like, Matrix. It's yeah, a matrix so we're just theory. in a simulation. Cool. We're all just semi-sentient <gasps> bubbles. I just had deja vu. That sometimes kiss. Why can't what? they just give us aliens in our simulation? Well, maybe that's why not what the, they're trying to simulate. Why can't the aliens give us aliens? Maybe yeah. maybe they're like, how would these creatures breed if we gave them these weird bits? Maybe <laughs> we have already had contact with extraterrestrial um, beings because yeast exists. Right? Oh, interesting. Why yeast? Yeast is like not, there's like nothing else like it. And octopuses exist. <laughs> oh, Brock, I love you that you said octopuses. That's well, the, that's very that is the correct, correct pluralization. Yeah, yeah. or okay. octopoda. Nice. Yes. But I don't have a, 
I don't have enough of a degree to pronounce it that way. Octopoda. Yeah. There we go. Now we're getting somewhere. Okay. Anybody else have anything that they wanted to discuss or talk about? I wanted to talk about the, the Wikipedia page for this book and how I, I went over there when I was making some progress in the book and I and I was glancing at the uh, the plot uh, you know and it's pretty long it's several paragraphs it's pretty dense paragraphs and I was two I was hundred and seventy five pages into the book and I read the first four sentences in the in the plot and I said well that's as far as I can read because that's because you read as far as you got that's all I've read so far uh, the 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 uh, the four sentences on the plot cover the first 250 pages of oh this book. <laughs> now, <laughs> later on, <laughs> later on on the Wikipedia page, they do talk about the three-body video game. So it's just that it's out of order. It's it's mm. in chronological rather than book order. But uh, mm. I was starting to think, what in the world is going to happen in oh. this book? And I'm only four <laughs> sentences in. That's funny. Is that oh a commentary God. on how slow this book can be? I, yes. Let's, well, let's say I'm yes. wondering how long it, it would have taken me to read this if we weren't reading it for this Under time podcast. pressure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked it. But at it, the same time, it was, um, was kind of... So what? that's a good question of discussion. What dragged for you... <laughs> Uh, for me, it's the it's the video game. Yeah, as soon as it switched to Wang Mao, I was like, wait, I liked reading about Ye Wenji. Yeah, I liked yeah. her a lot. Video game definitely was because I <laughs> I recently read Ready Player One, and I was not interested <laughs> in reading any more of that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, no, Dan, you should read it. You should check that I'm one. I'm good. Out. Uh, it's just a matter <laughs> of time. I'm yeah, sure it's wonderful. It'll happen to you at some point. I love the eighties. That's where you're. That's where you're from. <laughs> I guess so. I didn't like being a kid. So. Sure. Okay. We were only in the eighties for like two years. What? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. You're a little older than that. I guess everyone fights over trying to sound younger than they are. So I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah, going to give fine. you a guff about it, I guess. Let that one slide. So, uh, any any other... Dan, did you have anything you wanted to discuss? No, I, th- I think this was good. I've got okay. some... Uh, I've got a reader comments. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, no- so now that we... Uh, now that you know what we think, let's uh, find out what our listeners think. Okay, so we had four Twitter uh, comments... Um, I think that's just amazing that we even had any. That's awesome. Yeah, so no one emailed us. Probably because of you, Dan. Nah. Uh, yeah. Well, it might have been. <laughs> I, tweeted, that's awesome. I tweeted about it this week. Um, so we had four comments. We can, we can read these one at a time and discuss them if we want. So the first one comes from Tim Fowers. Hi, Tim. Of <gasps> Fowers Games. Ooh. Oh, what a nice guy. Famous for Burgle Bros. Brock, it, Brock brought back Burgle Bros. That's true. Brock brought back Burgle Bros. <laughs> to our bungalow. I certainly did. There's a story there. <laughs> it's super involved, though, so I won't tell it. He borrowed it and then brought it back. 
Um, yeah, the story is is the sentence. Then Brock brought back Brutal Bros. Then Brock brought back Brutal Bros. <laughs> Man, we should do that to warm up for the air. So Tim That's Fowers, who currently has a game on Kickstarter named Sabotage, um, he says... That's a nice plug. I know. <laughs> well, well, he, <laughs> he sent us a comment. Um, he says, super imaginative definitely feels like it's a different cultural worldview in its tone and pacing. The reveals explain everything, but the seams show... Curious about the rest of the series, but not sure I want to take the time. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So do you... I, I'd say that's accurate. I'm enjoying the second book. Oh, really? Well, the tra- so the translation is, I think, smoother. different. I think that the character is more interesting that I've met. The whole concept is pretty cool, actually, mm. uh, of what's going on. Um, so I won't I won't spoil anything, but the idea is that the governments of Earth now have certain specialists called wall facers whose entire job is to come up with plans to try to stop this invasion, even though it's still like 380 years away, um, because the Sophons can't read their thoughts. Mm. But, the, but the fifth column groups, the, you know, the infiltrators, they have like wall breakers, I, th- I can't remember what they're called. I think it's wall breakers who their their whole thing is trying to decode the plans of these wall facers. So the wall face wall facers. So so like the governments are like, okay, you guys are in charge of creating plans to defeat the Trisolarans. And they're like all in code. Well, yeah. So they so, can't like draw pictures. Well, yeah, because any any communication that they make will be detected by the Sophons. So you and and they're like, okay, so the whole government, whatever you say, we will do. Um, so come up with a plan, and then you have executive power to m- put it into action, yeah. and, wow. and we won't question it. And so, mm-hmm. at least that's my understanding, having just read a little bit. And so it's kind of a cool idea, because yeah, it's all about the wall facers versus the kind of Mike Evans group survivors trying to, like, break through their defenses or kill them off if they seem like they have a good plan. Yeah. And um, so kind of this point and counterpoint and espionage. And so I think that's a way cooler idea than anything. Yeah, um, that's good. So, so maybe this first book was just a setup book for this cooler idea. Well, one thing I thought was cool about this book, so, and I want, so usually. What's up with all these setup in books? First, tell the story. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, <laughs> So, so usually, first contact stories start with first contact, and then it, it then it turns out first contact sucks. In this one, it basically, the first contact doesn't even really happen. Like the alien invasion, is still it still hasn't happened. We've never seen a Trisolaran. We don't know what they look like. We don't really know much about their culture. Uh, we know they turn into like little coin pouches when it gets hot. They have eyes. Maybe they are super faceted mirrors. Yeah. Like they we, have eyes because they talked about, you know, when they're creepy Sophon that wasn't a Sophon yet turned into eyeballs. Well, yeah, or, or that there's other species on their planet that evolved to have eyes. So they understood what they, I don't know. So but we just don't know much about them. Right. Yeah. So in, there was there hasn't even been the invasion yet. So uh, Okay, so that's Tim Fowers. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Uh, next is Isaac Shalev. I might be saying that incorrectly. He says, I think the book and the series more generally is a spiritual successor to H.P. Lovecraft. 
Interesting. And I can see that. So H.P. Mm. Lovecraft is the whole idea that of cosmic horror, that humanity is insignificant, and that the instant we can actually peer into space, we will want we're to retreat. Be, we're going to be go freaked mad. out. We want to retreat back into our shell because, holy crap, it's scary out there. Um, and we will die. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I like that. What do you think, Brock? Yeah, yeah. The, and sort of the unknowable, you know, these these aliens that are for lack of a better word, completely alien. You know, they have un unknown physiology and they're just they have no regard for uh for our existence. Yeah. I think that's a, yeah, a cool that's take. True horror. I think where it falls apart yes. is that the bad aliens aren't defeated by like a plucky PI. Right. You know. Yeah. Is that what happens in Lovecraft? Wait, what? <laughs> More in Lovecraft's imitators. Oh, okay. I was gonna like, say that doesn't happen where in it's Lovecraft. Like, but... Well, sometimes it kind of does. Where like this horrible cosmic thing happens, and then like run a boat into it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it has been. So I'm not much. up on my Lovecraft, um, so that might not be from him. Maybe that's from August Derleth. I don't know. Um, his his tend to end pretty bleak. I think. Yeah. There's more uh, madness. Yeah. Like somebody Insanity. somebody interbreeds with the wrong race. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not supposed to call out H.P. Lovecraft's Messy. silly racism. Okay. Next is Brad Ward. Hi, His, Brad. Hi, Brad. He says, the Panama Canal equals awkward. <laughs> 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 this is my favorite what comment. I, I saw that comment, and I wasn't sure exactly. What does he mean like, by that? I mean, it. It's gruesome, but was it awkward? I think in terms of its pacing and everything, I thought it was kind of awkward. Oh, but maybe okay. that's not what he means. That's what I assumed. Well, so early, so earlier we were talking about how the Panama Canal is actually very, very busy. And that... I mean, there's still space between boats. So I guess you could hoist up your boat-killing wire. <laughs> so I, if I remember correctly, they... They described it as the the towers were laid down and all the wires were sort of dangling into the water, so boats were passing over the top. Yeah, of them. and would then they raised the them up. But yeah, what, <gasps> it would, what would it do to the water? What would it do to the water? I don't think it would do anything. But what would a nanofiber do to water? <laughs> well, you'd think if it cut anything, it would just like <laughs> do some testing. Like super it is simple water. molecule. It is water. Water I can water can get cut pretty. It, it bounces back. I mean, I'll do it now. What about all those poor fish? Do fish live in yeah, the Panama fish, Canal? Yeah, fish, that's another. Well, I'm sure they migrate in with the boats. No. Wouldn't they? Those poor guys. They probably, yeah, they probably some get some innocent fish lives in for lost. You could probably <laughs> fish in the Panama Canal. You might get, like, weird, <laughs> like, oil, oil fish. Oil yeah. fish. Yikes. Like, don't, don't eat this fish. Kind of like half of America's tuna, it'll give you that bad oily discharge. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had tuna like that, so I'm not sure where that comes from. The oily Maybe I just tuna? always buy the right tuna. Well, that might be a Dan issue. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that give me an oily discharge. Okay. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we're in love? Next, Michael Burdick says, you're looking over my shoulder. No, I'm sorry. Okay, Michael Burdick, this is supposed to be a surprise. Michael Burdick says, the third act, to me, felt like the author forgot the end of the book and was oh forgot the end of the book was coming up, and was like, ah, oh, shaz, gotta explain everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I 100% agree. When it switches to the Trisolaran point of view, and I was like, wrote yourself into a corner, huh? Right. Like Wang, because Wang's not going to figure anything out. (laughs) (laughs) Despite magically figuring out this three sun problem. Yeah, I guess we'll just show the other planet. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a little jarring when all of a sudden it was like. And now here are the transcripts from the Trisolarian planet. And then you start reading it, and you're like, wait, how could this be a transcript that no, they, this like, is just sent what they did. us? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's like yeah, private conversations between their grand ruler yeah, and their and scientist, where he's like, I'm, I'm going to dehydrate you into a coin pouch if you don't, <laughs> if you don't get those things programmed. And I'm like, the Trisolarians felt this was important information to convey to Mike Evans. Yeah. Well, and the yeah, and the guy al- alone in his cell, like that was how magnanimous was of them to share down. this information yeah, with appreciate us. Appreciate that. <laughs> so, how did you guys? Ju- this just came up to me. Um, how did you guys feel about the listener of uh, listening post? I don't remember the number thirty-seven, twelve, or whatever. Yeah. How did you feel about that guy? I feel like he is the sole hero of the yeah. story. Yeah. What a good guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the only... Uh, well, I don't noble. know. The the cop, the cop, even though he's kind of rough around the edges, is kind of a hero. Because he like, he's like, you guys, get your act together. We can still do something about this. Yes, Stop and, being... Get your poop in a group, you it, guys. Yes, and Wang is very brave. And his mother will tell him that. As often as he needs to No, not to Wang, the police. He's a hero, Wang. Mm. I wish he would stop making jokes about his name. It's because his name is Meow. <laughs> I always just said Mao when I read his name. How oh. did you say it, Brock? Did you uh, look up how M- to say I it? I said it, in my, I said it in my head, so it was just this guy. Wang M. Yeah, it's Meow. Wang Meow. That's what I do when I read Russian novels. And I'm like, this guy. <laughs> the guy with R at the RK. start of his name. Yeah. Raskolnikov. I was just going to say that. Except for his name's easy to remember because it's throughout. Yeah, he's the only one that's easy. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, those are all the reader emails. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for uh, doing that. I guess I'll plug it. That if anyone wants to contribute... They can email, or they, I guess they can tweet me, that worked. But you can email spacebiffbookspace at, at gmail. gmail.com. Yeah, you can also tweet us uh, at Dan Thoreau, and I am at Brockstar, uh, at B-R-O-C-K-S-T-4-R, because I love, I just love Leet Speak. You can't you can't tweet Somerset though. Sorry, I'm not on that. I'm not on that train. Yeah, that's all right. She gets dogs. You're not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think we'll we'll wrap things up. Thank you, Dan and Summer. Thank you. Thank you, uh, loyal listener, for joining us for the Space Biff Book Space. Next month uh, is Summer's choice. Uh, Summer, could I trouble you? for next month's book? Oh, it would be my pleasure. I have chosen for our group to read Six Wakes. Wake Six? What's it called? Six Wakes. Six Wakes. <laughs> Mer Lafferty. <laughs> By Mer Lafferty, a contender for the Hugo this year. Yeah. I've already started Excellent. it. It's very, int- it's, very, it's very intriguing. 
got a nice cover. It does. Does it? Kind yeah. of freaky. Oh. You can you can tell how I choose my books. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You do judge the book by its Looks cover. Looks nice. Yeah. I mean that's what it's there for. Awesome. So if anyone wants to join in on our discussion topics or comments, you can read along with us this next month. And how? Uh, and yes. And please subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, email us with any questions or comments or a third thing. Thanks. Bye. Adios. Bye.